0: Mr. Production brings you Under the Water Tower Presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group And now, here are your hosts Matt Crane and Derek Biglane Good afternoon, Matt Good afternoon, Derek. Coming to you on a wonderful Monday afternoon, coming off a a cooler weekend. It's still kind of cloudy, kind of drizzling a little bit. Uh, Just a nice break in the weather here in August. Also, we had a football starting over the past weekend, and, man, I'm, I'm sure your word of the weekend is going to have something to do with uh, uh, something else that happened over the weekend.
1: That is correct, Derek. My word from the weekend will be from uh, what happened on Saturday. Uh, go take a look at our artwork for the uh, podcast. Not all of the podcast providers use our artwork, but uh, you'll be able to see what we're talking about from our artwork and then my words from the weekend.
0: And, and, and the music to start the show. And the
1: music to start of the show, Derek. Let's talk about that. Louie Louie, famous song, one of the most famous songs that came out of the movie, Animal House. Our uh, kids officially start, as we record on Monday, officially started Ole Miss today. They've been down there for a week. They've been down there. Well, Hannah Grace was doing one thing. Uh, Bo was having a good time at college and uh, speaking of Animal House, he was having a very good time (laughs) for the last week. But school and classes officially started today for Ole Miss. I think they started last Wednesday for state. We're back at it, Derek. The world is back to full swing. And we're going to talk here shortly about some things uh, coming out of COVID, which we don't talk about a ton, but uh, some good results, good numbers from the state of Mississippi when it comes of schooling coming out of COVID that uh, something to be very happy about. We're going to get to that shortly. But uh, yes, Derek, my work from the weekend will consist of something pertaining to a big day for the Crane family on Saturday. But if you're in the market for a big move or possibly a big change for your family when it comes to residential real estate, whether you're buying or selling a home in DeSoto County, please consider using or please consider contacting our 2022 presenting sponsor, the number one real estate team in all of DeSoto County, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch is the top producing team in the million dollar club. Not every team is allowed to join the million dollar club when it comes to North Mississippi real estate, but, team couch is the top producing team in that million dollar club. Possessing over 66 years of combined real estate experience, they have thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They were recently voted DeSoto's Best for the fifth time. It is currently a great time to list your home and they are offering a free, no obligation market analysis. Give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your street, your zip code, all the information that you want your realtor to possess. Brian and Terry will not stop until they provide you all the analytics and all the information for you to make the best decision for your family when it comes to buying or selling a home. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. Call Brian on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Plug in how many bedrooms you want, how many bathrooms you want. Plug in all the information that the filters ask for and let the website do all the work for you. Brian and Terry also have one of the best websites in the area when it comes to full home searches in the Mid-South. Again, there's no residential team that's going to work harder for you than Team Couch of Birch Realty. Call them today, 662-449-1700. Go to their website, teamcouch.com. And always remember, every home needs a couch podcast continues to be recorded at the mobile cars and van rental studios mobile cars and vans located at the corner of mccracken and commerce right here in hernando cars trucks Vans, cargo vans, if you are in need of any type of a vehicle, if you're turning your car in for a transmission work, body shop work, anything like that, we work with all major insurances when it comes to claims. When it comes to renting a car, you don't have to drive to the airport. You don't have to drive to Millington. You don't have to go searching with some of the larger companies to try and find a car. Give us a call first. We'd love to be of service. 662-469-4555. That's 662 the only local car rental place in Hernando, Mississippi. Mobile Cars and Vans. Give us a call today, 662-469-4555. Thank you, Mobile Cars and Vans, for being our 2022 studio sponsor. Beginning of our Tuesday show always leads us to the words from the weekend. Derek, you always go first. Let's keep it that way. Give me your word. Matt, my word from
0: the weekend is quiet.
1: Quiet, which is, again, the easiest word you've ever said in our words from the weekend. I don't have to go to the thesaurus to see what that means. Why is your word quiet?
0: Quiet. It's the, this is the first weekend, you know, had. A, of course, we have a, a child now uh, in college, but basically down to one child in the house, and, and she was on a retreat this weekend. Uh, so just very, very quiet around the house, kind of get the beginnings of what, you know, uh, life uh, with the kids out of the house kind of feels like. And, Matt, what it feels like is a lot of yard work, a lot of, a lot of book reading. I actually watched a couple movies. I know you kind of give me a hard time. I don't see all the – I'm not always up to date on the movies. What well, movie, uh, well,
1: two things. You're now having to do the yard work by yourself because yes, so your son take, is off partying. It doubles the time. It doubles you're, the time. Right. It doubles the time, so, time. your son is off partying, yeah. having toga parties. Yes. And so he's off doing that. And then what movies did you watch?
0: All right, Matt, I, I watched a, a couple I had been wanting – well, one I had been wanting to see for a while, and another one I kind of found out about and watched. First one was called Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza. Uh-huh. How was that? Uh, it was. It was okay okay, was it, okay? Uh, so it was okay it was paul thomas anderson it's I a mean, great, don't great it. director no i mean it was it was it was okay <laughs> it's an it's, indie film it's an indie film yes. um i mean it was a, a good story just you know that there, there were these two people had never acted before um i like the guy the girl was one of the uh you know she's a singer she's a singer um, in a band in a band yes. right and so her, and both of her sisters were in it the, the entire band was in it uh
1: but it, this is one of those movies that would have been at Ridgeway four Yes. Or, oh, yes. or yes. at um, the starts with a P um, it's over there in Midtown. This is one of those Midtown movies that I would have drugged Heather to because it was highly touted and she would have walked out her and say, what the heck did you just take me to? I mean, to? No, it,
0: was, it was, it was, it's a high school love story, but it's a little disturbing because he's 15 and she's 23, 25. Uh, okay. All
1: right. But I'm just saying it's an indie film, <laughs> right? It's an right. indie film. But you watched it because it's, it's but I will touted. say this,
0: it, it is, it is based on uh, a real life director who is still alive mm-hmm. and is uh, Tom Hanks, partner. Uh, and so you know, it's basically about the uh, Hollywood in the early '70s and a high school love, s- okay. semi love story. So it was, it was, it was decent. fine. It, was, it was, was fine. The other one, I cannot. If you love action movies and just weird, it was called RRR. It's on Netflix. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait. It's the thing with the uh it's the uh, Korean or that, It's Indian. Uh, Indian. Yeah. Let me tell you, my in laws It's called Hollywood. My my, my in-laws absolutely love this movie and
0: said it is fun. It and is awesome. insane. Yeah. I cannot express to you right. how insane this R-R-R-R, movie is. It's right. three hours long. Yes. So it was like, okay, I gotta sit down and put put some effort in this. You don't really have to because it is it is fantasy. <laughs> action, there's there is some some pretty rough murder scenes, uh, there's comedy, you will cry. Yeah. I mean, it is all over the place. And it It's a musical, yeah. and I had heard about it. I read an article about it. I'm like, okay, I did not realize it was three hours until I turned it on. I was like, am I really going to do this for three hours? And I did and could not have been – so I watched Liquor's Pizza after that. That was a mistake. If you're going right. to them, watch them, before, watch it before it because you're coming off that high, and it's like, yeah, okay, this movie's fine because R.R. is – Crazily fantastic. Right.
1: Well, let's, I mean, let's not forget. Hollywood loves to tell all of us and explain to all of us how awesome they are. They don't have the monopoly on decent stuff and whatever. So, my my in laws love it. They said it's great. RRR. I need to go check it out. But again, like you said, committed three hours, but you'll look up and it was a good, fun
0: three hours. No, it was like, I promise you, you will see things on screen you have never seen before on screen. It was. I was dumbfounded. Uh, it's it's a fun ride. It's right. a really fun ride. I cannot recommend it more.
1: Well, I watched two movies this weekend, Derek. Uh, Evelyn has wanted to watch The Sound of Music, so we sat down and watched Classic. that. Classic. Enjoyable. You either like Sound of Music or you don't. She enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Spent uh, kind of a rainy Sunday afternoon or over, overcast uh, Sunday afternoon doing that. And uh, Derek, last night, decided to commit to a kid favorite from when I was a kid. Pulled up Swamp Thing and watched it. <laughs> Only an hour and a half long. Zoom okay, through ninety it. minutes, just ninety minutes, hour 90 and a half minutes, okay. long. Terrible movie. It's awful. But when you were four or five years old and you were watching Swamp Thing, it was awesome. I did some research on it and reading on it. Follow me. Wes Craven did it. Okay. This doing this movie gave him the idea for Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, I can see that. Which yep. obviously a major motion yep. picture and so forth. But very interesting. If you've never seen Swamp Thing, um you only have to commit an hour and a half to it. It is a <laughs> Terrible, four or five year old when because I, I mean it came out in eighty two. I was four or five years old. My brother and I were just I mean on hot Louisiana days. We sat there and watched movies and stuff like that. So sorry to take your your time for work on no, the weekend, little, but I mean, Swamp Thing was uh, was good. Swamp Plus,
0: Neverending Story. Also, I, I haven't showed her that yet. That's it, coming. It, let me tell you something, Matt. It it's it's a little freaky it, when you're when you're a you know young kid. It is again one of those movies where I've never seen this on screen. Sure. What is this crazy? Yeah. When you watch it again, it is brutal. Oh. It is it is horrific graphic she I
1: said I said what movie you're gonna watch next and I said oh, I know we're gonna watch ET and she looked at me and she said that movie terrifies me so we're not <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna watch next but sound of music had no uh, blood and guts but I, as a kid I mean there's there's a lot of I mean you have Austria and you have World War two you have oh, the, the Nazis politics, the politics yeah. you have that that kind of stuff and now being older paying attention to captain you know von Trapp. von Trapp loving Austria and defending that and all that kind of stuff was very uh, interesting. So quiet was your word from the weekend. I bet it is quiet. Like you said, daughter was going on a retreat. Bo is a uh, full-time resident of Oxford now. And so it was, and Lisa, as we're going to mention here in just a second, um, had something to do on Saturday. So yeah, you looked up and
0: we're like, wow, this is, um, I can watch a, uh, an Indian movie. <laughs> and look, and and this is something else I learned from watching this. There's a difference between Bollywood and Tollywood. Okay, uh, one is in Hindu and the other one, the Tollywood is in like, uh, they do it in a, uh, another language there that they have in india right and you know of course all subtitles you have to have a subtitle zone right. um to, to be able to understand this film but again I, man well, i, I want to watch it again yeah. just so i can look for other things that i know i missed well
1: look my mother-in-law and father-in-law have much i've said that already four times because they could my mother-in-law said hey um and also uh, the two lead characters extremely handsome guys. Yes, so they She's are. like, yes, hey, ladies, uh, it's <laughs> worth watching this movie. It, yeah, she talked about it in Hattiesburg. <laughs> yes, when we were down there for Miss Hospitality, she was talking about it, and she's just like, look, we've we've already watched it twice and so <laughs> forth, so we'll have to check it out. So RRR gets a thumbs up here. And, yeah, two, uh, thumbs up. two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. And licorice pizza, eh, if you want to. If you want to watch it, that, that's that's fine. Kind of the dirty dancing of, uh, <laughs> of its yeah, day, maybe, yeah. with less music. Derek, as I alluded to, Big Weekend for the Cranes, my word from the weekend is going to be legacy for Obvious reasons. Go look at our art. It says on there, FIMU bid day 2022 at the University of Mississippi. Uh, your wife traveled down to Oxford with a couple of friends. Um, obviously, what I'm talking about, my daughter went me, um if that, that's how you say it. That was uh, Heather's sorority. That was her. Uh, sister sorority, her cousin sorority, aunt sorority. And so the process of Rush was very interesting. Hannah Grace went into it with an open mind. Hannah Grace didn't necessarily know which direction she was going to go. And um, when it was all said and done, Derek, she is a FAMU. We are extremely excited about that, ready for her to have some of those same experiences as uh, Heather and her aunts and her cousins have had. So we are very, very excited about the next four years. And, um, you know, we went down on Saturday. Had a wonderful time. The weather pushed it into the pavilion. So you had about 1,900 girls. Derek goes, something I like, Derek, and I don't mind saying this, in the world of cancellation, in the world of cancel, 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 and telling us how bad things are and you know, the past has to be done away with, largest sorority rush in the history of Ole Miss, which I thought was awesome. Greek life is huge at Ole Miss. I'm very, very happy. Uh, it was kind of weird, though. You look down the pavilion floor, and it's like every <laughs> – I told my mom, you've got – 1,200 sets of legs, all within the same shade of each other, all (laughs) crossed in the same way. And it looked like Attack of the Clones from from Star Wars. It kind of did. But you look down, thousands of girls screaming. So many of them did not know which way, when they opened their envelope, which way they were going to go. And uh, just happy for her. it was a, a great time. We were able to make it back for the girls to run down sorority row, and they called it run home. And uh, very interested to, to watch that and, and see all that take place. And then I've already I can kind of see sometimes some of the different emails that Hannah Grace gets. So already getting some emails from Phi about you know member portal and their schedule and maybe even their invoice, all that stuff. We move <laughs> on, you know. We move on. Here it, here it is. Um, But look, in the South, sororities and fraternities are a big, big deal. Very happy for her. She's going to have a great time. Bo has the process coming up sometime in the next, uh, you know, 8, 10, 12 days. Um, They'll start the guys process there at Ole Miss, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I look forward to talking uh, about that. But legacy is my word from the weekend because Hannah Grace gets to start her new legacy, her new opportunity to be of service and be a FIMU at Ole Miss, and we are very, very excited and appreciative of that opportunity.
0: Well, it could be happier for her. You know, she looked really happy. I uh, saw pictures when Lisa got back and she looked really happy and, and I know, you know, Lisa and Allie talked a bunch. I, I didn't ask too many sure. questions but as, as you know, if she would have gone something else, I probably would have asked some questions. Yeah, you would have asked more questions. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it looked like it was a good time. And I uh, th- also not found out it was hot. It was really, really muggy. It was muggy. It yeah. was. Uh, I know rain had started that morning. I'm glad it moved out for everybody to be able to run and do all that stuff, but I also heard it was really, really stifling. It, it was
1: muggy. And you know, You they released FIMU last because they're the last house or actually the first, first house, house on Sorority Row. So they don't want FIMU to get there first and it messed up. So FIMU went last. But I did chuckle because Wilson and I had to walk back. Heather and her sister got. A, our a ride back with a friend of ours or my cousin on a golf cart. So she was already back at the Me house, but I laughed because the girls that were in really, really good shape that maybe had ran in high school, <laughs> they were the girls that ran cross country yeah, stars. The, yeah. They were the Kappa house was way down sorority row and they were able to run back pretty quickly and easily. And so, um, you know, just, it was fun to see these girls that had gone through this process. Some of the dorms didn't have water. From like Thursday on, mm-hmm. so that's a really big deal. Last time I checked, girls would like to take a shower and clean yeah. themselves up to go to those parties. <laughs> we joked about it. We talked about it as the school as as the show started, school has started, Ole Miss has started. Our lives are about to settle into uh, what things look like. There we'll be in Oxford. Sat two Saturdays from now for seven, football. Seven
0: of the next, what, 13 right, Saturdays. Right, exactly. So, yeah.
1: so that is our new life and uh, we're excited about it and ready to go. Cranes are ready for a wonderful fall. Congratulations to all those girls. Tons of Hernando girls went through sorority rush and uh, we really, really uh, wish them nothing but the best for a wonderful uh, Ole Miss and state career and any other colleges that they've gone to. Good luck to those young people. Well, Derek, let's turn our attention real quick. We talked about on the Friday show that the Alderman meeting from last Tuesday did not recess. Remind listeners why that is on this Tuesday show.
0: Well, it did recess. It was recess. recess.
1: It did not adjourn.
0: That's right. It did not adjourn. It did recess. Uh, And now they originally had said till Tuesday, August 23rd. I reached out to an alderman uh, over the weekend to see if I could get an agenda. There was no agenda posted as of this recording. There's still no agenda posted. Uh, And he mentioned that they possibly could be moving it to Thursday night. Uh, It is going to be either tonight on Tuesday night or Thursday night based on I think there was a couple of scheduling conflicts with a couple of aldermen or alderwomen. And so we'll see how that goes. So. will either be tonight or Thursday night. If it's tonight, we'll have all of the update for you on our Friday show. If it happens to be Thursday night, more than likely, we'll have the update for you on the budget hearings uh, on our Tuesday show next week. So we'll kind of let you know. uh, Again, there's no agenda, and then we'll discuss any and all of that on our Friday show. Next, uh, moving to the county. uh, The DeSoto County tax collector, Joey Treadway, has announced an online public auction that will be held on Monday, August 29th. Again, next Monday, August 29th, for lands where taxes have remained unpaid. In making the announcement, Treadway stated that the taxes that are delinquent for 2021 will be sold for taxes, costs, damages, and interest as provided by law. So if this is something that you're interested in, registration for buyers can be done online at www.govease.com forward slash Again, www.govease.com forward slash auctions. The sale on August 29th will begin at 8.30 a.m. If you have any questions or trying to anything about the parcels or can't find the information or for some reason the website's not working, call uh, Joey Treadway's office at 662-469-8030. Again, 662-469-8030. With any further questions, Treadways notice of the tax notice is found on the official DeSoto County government's website. So you can also go there too to find more information. So again, if you're interested in buying land for the taxes... Uh, this will take place next Monday, August 29th, starting at eight 30 AM.
1: Definitely an opportunity. A lot of investors do this. <laughs> yes. <Yeah, so laughs> and and this look, worse,
0: you no. don't, you don't get to buy the land. So when you buy it for taxes for 2021, they have three years to pay you back, Correct. but you're making 18% a year. I think it's one and a half percent months interest or something like that. So again, and, and it may, you know, maybe be a couple hundred dollars and you're making interest off of a couple hundred dollars, but it's still a pretty decent no, return on of your money. Do that, yes. And so there's several people that do that. And so you, um, you know, you, you you technically have bought the taxes. It, when they make the payment, the county receives the money, and because they've already received their money for what you pay or what you buy it for, and then uh, then the people have to pay you back in order to get you know th- their claim back to their own property. If for some reason after three years they do not settle with those taxes, technically it's yours. Yeah, technically,
1: yeah, you might be able to buy. a multi hundred thousand dollar piece of property occasionally for yeah, for, 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 a couple, for a couple thousand dollars yeah, right exactly. I mean just for
0: the taxes so again it, it happens every now and then but the main thing is it's a good way to put your money that you're you're, you're benefiting off somebody else not being able to pay their taxes for a little while but hopefully I mean I guess for them their sake they're safe, they are able to pay you back you're able to make a nice return and maybe flip it to the next one
1: right and that's August 29th go look if you think you might owe on the property or on your property go look at that uh, as soon as possible you have about seven days to do that so August 29th uh, will be the uh, be the the auction. Derek, I teased it uh, earlier. I mentioned something about the state of Mississippi and some good numbers for schools coming out of COVID. Tell us about what I meant when I mentioned
0: that. All right. So students in Mississippi approached pre-pandemic levels of achievement on the state test that were taken this spring, showing significant growth from the previous year. The results from the 2022 uh, administration of the state test or the Mississippi Academic Assessment Program, and most of the parents know it as MAP, show that 2 to 4% fewer students passed English, science, and math exams this year than in 2019. Again, 2 to 4% less. Now, last year, In 2021, this was the first time that state tests were administered following the pandemic. Remember, they were shut down in 2020. No tests were done. Around 10% fewer students passed their test than in 2019, which education officials said was evidence of the impact of COVID-19 and were reflective of the national trends. So these results presented to the State Board of Education last Thursday are a testament to the hard work of students and educators as well as the return to in-person learning, according to the Department of Education officials. The number of students who scored proficient was exactly the same as or slightly above numbers from 2019, indicating that higher-performing students possibly bounced back faster. Proficiency refers to the percentage of students who scored at least a level 4 or 5, which that's proficient or advanced, on a 1-5 through scale. A level one indicates a score of minimal. Two is basic, and three is passing. So again, what this is saying is, is that the uh, overall for the entire state, they did score two to four percent less in English, science, and math. But that's better than the ten percent. Uh, less that they scored in 2021 when, you know, they had just coming off uh, mostly all at home for the rest of 20. And the first part of 2021 was kind of the virtual learning. And that really affected the scores to coming in 10% less. Now with a full year back in class, they were only down about two to 4% from 2019. And of course, well, hopefully by this year, one more full year in person, they can be back at least at the 2019 levels, if not better.
1: Well, good, Derek. I mean, we can sit here and talk about that and, and discuss School lockdowns, school closures and stuff. I have mentioned it numerous times for the last two years on the UTW podcast. So happy to live in a place that um, saw the need and the push to have kids back in full person, in-person learning. It's uh, whew, it's tough to watch these. I think they said, um, what was it, California, a principal called the police over for, for a four-year-old kid because they wouldn't put the mask on. And, Derek, that was at a school that doesn't even have a mask mandate. So explain to me that the kid does what his parents, you know, he's four years old, right? He does what his parents say, which we're going to send you to, uh, to school without a mask because there's no mandate to wear it. And then she calls a, the police about a four-year-old kid who won't put a mask on when there's not a mandate anyway. I can't explain it. It's, it's, let me tell you Derek. when you put a mask on, you're covering up one of your best assets and that's a wonderful smile. Tell us somebody locally who can help
0: you when it comes to having a great smile. Soto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239
1: podcast continues to be brought to you by one of our long-time sponsors, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, soon-to-be fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, grading of your property, you name it on the outside of your home or business, let Richard take a look. If he can't help you with the project, he'll help you find someone who can. He's the kind of guy you want to work with when it comes to serving around your home or office. Call him today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Find more information about Richard at williamslawnmaintenance.com, and you can always find photos and more information about his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. I continue to say it. Richard is a huge sponsor of the Hernando football team and also a big supporter of the FCS and FCA programs at Hernando High School. Give Richard a call, 662-292-8855. Middle of our Tuesday show always brings us to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Brought to you by the DeSoto County Museum, located across the street from Corp South on Commerce Street, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Rob Long and his staff are ready to serve you. Please consider coming in, taking a look at the DeSoto County Museum, all the artifacts, all the wonderful different uh, exhibits that they have there. Admission is always free. So if you're looking for something to do with your young ones, maybe enjoy the air conditioning a bit, DeSoto County Museum, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Derek, our DeSoto County Fact of the Week, this week talks about
0: the first of what? Matt, we owe largely one man with a pioneering vision to plan for our future growth as the first planning director in DeSoto County, and his name is A.W. Bushelon. As the county's first planning director, he possessed an unusual perspective, one that allowed him to see the past, present, and future. When Bushelon arrived to work in Hernando in 1949 for what he thought would be only a year, the county showed a little promise of the prosperous presence that we have now. The county's industry was predominantly agriculture. There were only three paved roads in the county, U.S. highways 51, 61, and 78, and junkyards and unregulated trailer parks spilled over from Memphis for several miles below the state line. If you wanted to come to Hernando, imagine this, Matt, if you wanted to come to Hernando from Olive Branch to pay your taxes or to buy your car tag, you had to drive up Highway 78 to Holmes Road in Memphis, drive all the way across basically Shelby County to 51, and then come back down 51 all the way to Hernando. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a you really got to want that car tag. It'd be dangerous to get to Hernando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you take that same route now, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> it could <So. laughs> be. Now, after working in the construction business, operating a trucking firm, and running an international harvester dealership, Bushelon turned to farming. Great song, by the way. Yeah, international officer. Great, great song. song. It's a fantastic song. That was when he begun what would become his life's work and would forever change the course of DeSoto County history. In 1955, Bushelon was an alderman in Hernando when the board, along with Olive Branch and the county supervisors, decided to address the county's growth problems. There were a lot of undesirable things coming across from Memphis. For example, there were junkyards down Highway 51 from the state line down to Bullfrog Corner. They were wide open for them down here because there were no controls in DeSoto County. There were trailer courts with raw sewage running into ditches Gosh. where the children played. So Bushalon and other county leaders recognized that in order for the county to thrive, As the South's agricultural economy waned, it would have to attract more industry and residential development. So he saw that, look, agriculture was kind of starting to die off. Even in the mid to late 50s, we got to bring businesses here. What do we need to do? And so for Bush and Lon, a land use plan and zoning regulations were the roadmap to prosperity and growth. So local leaders organized a countywide planning council and hired a planner from South Carolina to develop a land use plan for each city and the county. Our Hernando right here was the first to adopt the land use plan, and in 1958, Bushelon urged the Board of Supervisors to officially adopt the plan for the county. This made Hernando the first city in Mississippi to have a land use plan. Wow. In a historic move, the board agreed to adopt the state's first rural countywide comprehensive plan. DeSoto County's plan was also probably the first county plans in the south and one of the first in the nation. However, the supervisors did have one stipulation, they would only adopt it if Bushelon would stay and implement it for the first six months. Well, those six months stretched into 20 years, and by the time he retired from the planning director position, Bushelon had received numerous awards, such as being named a charter member of the American Planning Association and a lifetime member of the state's Building Officials Association, But the award he is most proud of is the commendation from the DeSoto County Planning Commission because of all the hard work they put together. According to J.B. Bell, again, this is a historian who's given several of our our facts of the week, former mayor of Hernando, the success of DeSoto County's comprehensive plan is in large measure due to Bushallon's personality. So, Matt, I mean, again, this is a wonderful man who did a lot of things. Barry Bushelon, of course, is his son. He's a State Farm agent uh, in South Haven. Another one, one of his daughters is Solo Davis' wife. Those of y'all that know Solo Davis Wanda, uh, that was one of his daughters. Uh, just a, a wonderful man who did a lot for the county. Really never got, you know, into quote-unquote politics, never ran for anything, just kind of did – Things for desota county but made a lot of phone calls to jackson a lot of trips a lot of private plane trips uh just to get things done and, and because of because of him we have the city codes we have the county codes you know we were able to get the trailer parks move them out of the way move them to the rural areas where they could be zoned in certain sections and uh, and again he, a lot of this was dangerous because Matt, Matt, one of the uh, examples given, imagine telling a farmer in the Mississippi in the late 50s and early 60s that they suddenly had to get permission from the county to add a room to their house or telling residents in a trailer park that they would have to install a sewage system or move their trailer. Sure. So again, these were not this was not an easy thing to do, but this was only sixty years ago. Right. I mean, this is sixty years ago. All this took place, and look where we are now with the, the codes and the and the you know the, the roads, all the paved roads that we have now. Just a wonderful thing that really you know kind of piggybacked off what A.W. Bushillon did.
1: Well, he believed in DeSoto County. He believed in Hernando. He believed in the communities and. Putting people towards, pushing people towards progress, uh, septic tanks and sewer and all those different things that we just take for granted in 2022. uh, We just want our water to work. We want our electricity to work, all those different things, and it had to start somewhere. So, wonderful fact of the week given to us by the DeSoto County Museum. Thank you, Rob Long and your staff, for the hard work you do. Admission is free all the time, nine to five, Tuesday through Saturday. Please consider stopping by and visiting the DeSoto County Museum. And Derek, another asset right here under the water tower, our seasonal sponsor, the Hernando Farmers Market. It's a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh, local experience. Now with over 50 vendors every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the historic Hernando Square, the Hernando Farmers Market is ready to serve. Vendors such as Kennel Cattle Beef, Davis Meat Company, Precision Sharp, Kills Country Market, Brown Dairy Farms, Jones Orchard, serving fresh strawberries, jams, and jellies. Those are just some of the vendors located on the historic square every Saturday morning. Thank you, Gia Matheny and her team, for transforming the Hernando Square each and every Saturday morning to one of the best Farmers' Markets in the Mid-South bar none. Go out, take a look at others, and you'll always come back with the decision that Hernando Farmers' Market is definitely one of the best around. Their season runs through the end of October, and then they do a special one for the Dickens of a Christmas, which we look forward to talking about coming up later in the fall. Thank you, Hernando Farmers' Market, for continuing to support the UTW Podcast. We wish you nothing but the best for the continued fall season of 2022. Get out this weekend and support our seasonal sponsor, the Hernando Farmers' Market. Are you a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance? Holland Insurance wants you on their team. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. Working with companies like Nationwide, Hartford, Builders Mutual, Liberty Mutual, Old Republic, Progressive, over 60 insurance companies trust Holland Insurance to represent them in DeSoto County. Located in South Haven, but ready to serve anyone under the water tower. Give them a call at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland are ready to see you, are ready to listen to your insurance needs, ready to match you with the best company when it comes to your auto, life, home, health. You name it insurance-wise, Bruce and Jerry are ready to work. Call them again, 662-895-5528. Holland Insurance. Well, Derek, our Friday art said football is back, and uh, that's what we're going to talk about here in just a second. Update us on sports for the end of the UTW podcast.
0: Uh, North Point Soccer. Since our last show, the Lady Trojans continued their role against two non-conference opponents. The first was a seven-nil domination of Memphis East. The Trojans were led again. Told you, told you, by the way. (laughs) Had a feeling. Uh, The Trojans were led again by Hayden Moneymaker, who had her third hat trick in three games. Mariah Timms had a brace. And Lane Purdy and Emma Wickline each had a goal. The second was a 9-3 win over Germantown, where Moneymaker again led the, this time with four goals. Mariah Timms gets her first hat trick of the year, and Lane Purdy also had another goal. The three goals of the year were the first given up by the Trojans, but they still pushed their record to 4-0, and and Moneymaker has 13 goals in four games. They look to continue their winning streak tonight against Magnolia Heights away in a rematch, and we'll have results for you on that match on Friday. Next, Lewisburg Volleyball. The Patriots traveled to Hoover, Alabama to take place in the Juanita Bodie Tournament, an annual tournament pitting top high schools in Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama against each other. Their first matches were against Austin High School and McGill-Tulin High School on the first day. The Lady Patriots beat Austin and lost to McGill-Tulin, who was the number one team in Alabama. Hello. Now, no scores were given on any of this, so I'm just reading kind of what happened. On the second day of the tournament and and pool play, they faced off against Northridge High School and Arab High School. They again were able to split the matches, and they finished – 2-2 2-2 two two in pool play, which allowed them to advance to bracket play in the silver bracket. In that bracket play, they lost the first match and finished the tournament 2-3. and three. As mentioned before, Norse scores were given, so if someone could reach out to the UTW Podcast to provide those or put them on Twitter, we will find them. We'd love to show Lewisburg all of the, the wonderful players' love to celebrate those athletes and to get their names out on our show. The Lady Patriots' next match will be tonight. Again, next match will be Tuesday night, so please come out and support the Lady Patriots. Next, Hernando Volleyball. The Lady Tigers traveled down to Oxford since our last show to take on Regent School, the private school in Oxford. It was not a good night for the Lady Tigers, who lost in straight sets 25 15, 27 25, and 25 18. The assist leader for the Lady Tigers was Amberly Holly. Adeline Callahan led in kills, and Mary Catherine Couch led in aces and digs. The Lady Tigers are now 3 and 2. 2-0 in district, and will face South Haven tonight to try to get back on the winning side in another district matchup before turning their attention to an in-school game on Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. against Lake Cormorant. Both matches last year with the Lady Gators went five sets, so it will be a tough test for the Lady Tigers this week. Good luck to y'all. And finally, North Point football, our first football game of the year. Really excited because we get to preview two more this week, of course, but uh, with our first football match uh, in the books, Uh, The Trojans welcomed the Eagles of Jackson Christian to South Haven. It was a beautiful night for the first night of football, dry and not too hot. The Eagles brought in several starters from last year, while the Trojans had to replace several of their key starters. The Eagles got the ball first to start the game and took the ball down the field for a quick 7 0 lead. The Trojans were able to move the ball on their first possession, getting inside the 20, but having to settle for a field goal by Brady Smith, making the game 7 3. This inability to get the ball to the end zone would be a theme for the night. The Eagles score again with 3.37 left in the first half, miss the extra point, but then the Trojans go three and out for the only time of the game and then snap the ball over the punter's head to give the Eagles a safety. On the ensuing kickoff, the Eagles were able to get a field goal right before halftime to take an 18-3 lead into the locker room. The Trojans again fail to take advantage of their first drive in the second half, getting to the 17-yard line but not being able to convert on fourth down. The Eagles keep the ball the rest of the third quarter, man. I know you love a, a just a run game and sure. just grinding the clock. the clock. They grinded for the like the last nine minutes of the third quarter. They kept the ball. The Eagles finally finished their eight minute drive in the fourth with another field goal. But the Trojans finally answer with a seventy four yard touchdown pass from Jack Patterson to Christian Gilliland to cut the lead to twenty one to ten. The teams then trade turnovers, and the Eagles are able to put another field goal to make the score twenty four to ten, with six twenty six left. The Trojans then put together a great drive, and Jack Patterson hits Grayson Alford for an 18-yard TD pass to pull within a touchdown with 447 left in the game. But the Eagles got the ball back on the onside kick, and the Trojans were not able to stop them with their three timeouts, letting the Eagles convert three third and longs to run out the clock. Final score, 24-17. The Trojans outgained the Eagles but got inside the 20-yard line three times and came away with no points due to penalties and a drop pass. It's a learning experience for a young team, and one they will have to rebound from as they host Brighton on Friday night. Wow, back-to-back host to start the season. Oh, Matt, they have one of the best schedules I've ever seen. They have eight home games and two away games eight home eight home uh,
1: that, well that sucks for you because now this is the first year you don't yeah, have to I go. To realize one. that did not yeah. realize
0: that till i yeah. looked at the schedule and realized oh there's only two games i don't have well, to go to <laughs>
1: you may want to get somebody to help you with that twitter because uh yeah, yeah. Eight, but uh yeah you mentioned something about matt i know you like the uh running and eat the clock look football is a very simple game if you have the lead and please hernando coaches if you do listen to the show listen to me if you have the lead and the ball the other team is the one that's supposed to be freaking out. The other team is trying to figure out a way a to stop you and b stop the clock. You possess the ball, you have the clock, and people. Some people are probably screaming at the radio and was like, hey, "It's not that easy." Yes, it is. It is that. <laughs> well, when, like, especially if you're up by two point if you're well, up when, by when two possessions, know,
0: and that's and that's what was happening. That they there was a couple, they, they did have to make some nice little you know pass plays in there, so that sort of thing. And There was some. You know, again, this is the first game and they're breaking in new players on the on the Trojan side, so there were some there were some bone coverages, sure. uh, yeah. stuff like that. It's the first game. But I mean they the defenses I mean, last year this game, as we mentioned, was fifty-six-forty yeah. six. This time it was twenty-four-seventeen. The defenses have you know, they figured some stuff out. You know, the, the offenses also didn't look that great in some points. But the main thing is is that once, you know, either team and the Trojans did a wonderful job moving the ball on the ground, they just kept once the, the field got shorter, they had problems converting. Right, of course. The Eagles did not. They were able to take the ball. Again, they ate up eight or nine minutes on a drive. Arrive. It's frustrating, especially as a team that is trying to stop them. When you realize, "Hey, man, I don't know if we can stop them," it is a it is a, a disheartening uh, uh, feeling in your gut, right. no doubt about it. And so, and that's that's what they did. And they they did what they were supposed to do. They made you know, third and long. You got to stop them. You got to make it. them punt, that's it. get off the field. And you couldn't get off the field, and that, that you know, cost you the game. That's it.
1: That's what I'm saying. I mean, we talk all the time about running clocks, right? If you're winning big in the second half, they just leave the clock running. Well, last time I checked, if you're the offense and you have a lead and the ball. When you snap the ball, it just stays running. It's amazing how that yeah. works. Coaches, please listen to me. You might can sense my frustration over the last five years when it comes to Hernando football. There's been a lot of Hernando football games that didn't have to be on the losing side that could have gone a different way by so just up, possessing. So when
0: you're up, not throwing three straight passes? Uh,
1: when you're up and your quarterback uh, snaps the ball seven yards deep and then proceeds to run backwards and fumbles within the 10-yard line I'm gonna blame that one on the coach. Hmm. When you're up by two, two or three scores, and then you get down and you're losing, we digress. Doesn't matter now. It's a hey, new, it's a new time, hey, new season, and uh, let's new coaches, see what, <laughs> new coaches, literally new coaches. Look, talking about football, talking about different uh, fall sports. That's what we do here on the UTW podcast. We always finish our show that way. If you enjoy our show, share it with friends and family. Simply give them the, send them the link, the Apple link, Google link. Spotify, whatever it is, share our show with anyone you like. We certainly appreciate the uh, the help and the growth there. Also, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast. And as Derek mentioned, if you have scores, stats, different things like that, please include us when you tag or you mention something about one of the schools we cover at UTW Pod. Just hashtag or at the UTW Pod. Wherever you listen to our show, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Help us move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, find OB Pod. Release an early show every Monday morning. OB Pod covers the eastern side of Soto County, Olive Branch, Lewisburg, and Center Hill Athletics. If you enjoy our show, you will enjoy OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, I hope uh, Bo has a good start to his Ole Miss career. I certainly want to wish uh, all the people that we have, the um, very nice lady, the manager at Mobile Cars and Vans, her grandson is starting Ole Miss as well. So we have nothing but prayers and uh, just excitement uh, as those kids start a new chapter in their life. We definitely, definitely wish them nothing but the best. And uh, good luck to all the football teams coming up. Look forward to covering an actual game for the Hernando Tigers and Lewisburg Patriots coming up this Friday with a preview. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time.
0: Under the water tower. You know, you make me (laughs) want to kick my heels.